You're listening to the Made for Living Well podcast. This is episode number 237. And today we're starting a new series. We're just trying something new called Jesus Therapy. And the title of this Jesus Therapy is Writing a New Story So You Can Stop Living in the Old One. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and I'm here because I truly believe that you were made for living well, that you were not put on this earth to live for anything less than your God-given purpose. But I think in order to do that, we have to start changing the narrative, the narrative that keeps you stuck in the places that you hate, living a life that is so outside your design and only wishing for something more. Now today we're gonna try something new. I'm gonna start a new podcast series called Jesus Therapy. Now the reason I'm starting this podcast is because in the midst of my own healing and some of my darkest days, the things that got me through were listening to midweek podcasts on sermons that would just fill me up. Now, I'm not here to say that I'm a pastor or that this is a replacement for church. What I am trying to say is that Jesus is the answer. He is the only way. And I know that sounds really cheesy, and it's something that I've had to walk through on my own healing journey to really see Him in the midst of this and to see that He has something so much better for me. And I want to show you that too, to give you the hope in the midst of all the problems that you come to and know He's the reason behind your health. He's the reason that you have energy to go out and live And I want to start providing that hope. So like I said, in the midst of some of my darkest days, what really got me through, what really helped start to transform my mind and to take things that happened in my past, those old stories that I seemed to live stuck in and transform them into something new was just learning more about Jesus and learning more about His ways and His plan and and the stories in the Bible. I really became fascinated with them as I ask some really hard questions, like really hard things. At some point, I'll share more of that stories of, but today I really wanna dive into a topic that opens up this journey, something that was so transformative in my healing, not as again to replace church in any way, but to hopefully spur on your relationship, to make you excited to learn more about God and His plan for your life and desire to go to church and to be a part of a community who builds each other up because that really is the only way. And also, I wanna be a link that you're not just a soul, that what you do on Sundays and through your relationship with Christ, whatever that looks like, is not just a segmented part of your life, but it flows into every single area of your life. You're not just a soul and you're not just a body, but these things are connected through the bridge of your mind And we have to work on all three simultaneously to truly experience the fulfillment that you're looking for in health, to see that it's not health that's going to bring you satisfaction, but it's your relationship with Christ. And in the process of that, He wants to use your health to help you live your God-given purpose. And so today, we're kicking off this series that I hope can provide you some therapy. When you need a midweek fill, when you're struggling in the pains of your past and you're looking for something more, I hope this series can help you. Now, this isn't going to replace what we're doing at Made for Living Well, where we talk about the body, where we talk about the mind and transforming those things. But I do find it necessary that once in a while, we bring in a really deep faith-based lesson. Maybe deep's not the word. I like to take a zoomed out approach to see the story of the Bible as a whole, rather than just focusing on a few Bible verses. We'll leave those for the experts. That is not me. But I do want to share more of these stories um, and more of God's character as we move forward into the space of healing and really walk in health, the intended design of every person. So again, these podcasts aren't going to happen every single week, but once a month. And if you love them, maybe we can add more of them or start its own podcast series. I just kind of want to get your feedback to see, what do you think? Like, Is this something that you need? Is this something that's helpful for you? Do you want more of this in your healing journey? So as you listen to this podcast, I would love for you to pray over it. Pray for the people who are listening. Pray for me as I bring you this in in the midst of my own insecurities and, you know, questioning if this is even something I'm capable of or if that God is capable of doing through me. 
But the beauty is, I don't have to be capable of it because God is working through this, and He is speaking through these this message that I'm about to bring you, and I'm excited to bring it to you. So with that being said, I would love, if you love this podcast at the end of it, please share it with your friends and family. Share it with those people who need an encouraging message, a, a little midweek pick-me-up that really helps to take what we're learning in psychology and in the body and understand it for what it is to help heal the parts of us that are stuck in our past and move into the future that God intended for us. So share this with your friends and family. And also don't forget to head to The Living Well, where you should sign up for the newsletter, which comes out twice a week. One is Monday Motivation and Friday is just kind of a Friday fun email where I give you some fun finds, a little more encouragement, who knows what's there? My real life story, right? Sign up for that and also check out the latest podcast where you can learn more about this, about writing new stories, about being founded in Christ and and living for the story God intended for us. So check that all out at thelivingwell.com. Jesus therapy came about because I think in the midst of my own therapy journey, and the years of therapy that I've gone through is I was always really looking for my past pains to be taken away. Like, I think I was always looking for that escape. I had lived a lot of my life avoiding the pain. And I think a lot of us do this, right? Like that's why we fall into addictions and why we chase relationships and money and, and we mask our pain with an image, with, with something that we feel like can take away that pain. Or if you're like me, you were doing everything in search of something that would completely take it away. Like I really did believe at some point in my healing journey that things were just not working out for me, that clearly I was just messed up and broken and the things that I was trying to escape would never leave me. And then one day I realized, no, those things are not going to leave me. In fact, they're not gonna leave any of us. In this life on earth, we're not going to escape the past pains that we've lived through. We're not going to escape the story that we've lived. Like what has been lived has been done. That's fact in our life and we can't change that. But what we can change is how we react to that and how we live out of that. And what we know about the mind and psychology and stuff that we talk about here on the show all the time is that those stories that we tell ourselves over and over and over become the action that we take and the outcome that we achieve. Meaning our body is truly just a reaction to the beliefs that we have lying deep in our soul. If you don't believe you're healthy, if you believe you'll always be fat, like we live up to those things that we believe. And so if we really want to start to change our mind, we really have to dig into these beliefs, into the stories that we tell ourselves. Now, yes, the truth is we've all been traumatized. We've all been hurt. Like, welcome to the sinful world where we've all experienced some level of pain. Unfortunately, life is not about escaping pain or escaping suffering. Like, I think we've been led to believe, like, even in the health space, like, if you could just get to your goal weight, if you could just lose the weight, then everyone would love you. Like, you would not experience the pain of feeling the way that you do right now. That's a lie. Like, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And... And believing that just leads you on a never-ending rabbit chase that makes you miss your life in search of a better life that really isn't out there, not in, in that kind of way that we're thinking about it. And we do this a lot with a lot of things, right? But here's the deal, is it's not the story that's been done to us that's the problem, but it's how our mind or that bridge to our body has changes the perspective of that story, solidifying that belief. And what I mean by that is we've all been traumatized. Like we all have. I've asked so many therapists this of, do you really believe anyone in their life has ever escaped trauma? And I mean, in the research, I mean, even in the Bible, Jesus didn't even escape trauma and he was perfection, right? And so, no, I don't think in the sinful world, anyone has escaped some level of pain or trauma. Of course, the degree is going to vary, but we all have something in our past that has dictated our story of our future. It has changed the course of our life for good or for bad based on the perspective of that story that has created the place that we're currently living. Now, if you're like many people, you don't like the place that you're living, or maybe you're not satisfied here, or you're longing for something more. That's the space we want to stay and we want to work in, because it's the perspective. It's not what's been done to us that's the problem. It's the perspective of that. Yes, those things that have been done to us are the problem, but the perspective of that completely changes the story of our future. 
And I don't want us to end our future or to write an ending of our story of our life that is anything less than what God intended. And I feel like a lot of us have done this. We've written an ending that God did not write for us, and we've surrendered to a life that we hate, this mediocrity, a life of complacency that just leads us to complaining, right? Like we complain about hating it, but we don't yet see that we have so much ability to change that by just opening up to the idea that God wrote a different story for you. And if you can step into that story, we can completely change the outcome of our life, and we can really start to see ourselves in the pains that we've been through in new light. And that's what God wants. And I, I truly believe that. I mean, even in His Word, like God says He works all things together for the good of those who serve Him. That doesn't mean He brings good, but all things that have been done in this sinful, broken world are worked out for the good of those who serve Him. I mean, He can take the worst of situations, the, the hardest of things, things that we can't even wrap our mind around or process or begin to understand. He can change that and transform that into a beautiful ending that is so much better than any story that we could ever write for ourselves. Because our reality and based on our biology is what is going to happen if we don't give up control of our end story is that we will constantly live out of the pain of our past. That's what your mind does. That's what your body does. It's not the intended design, but it is a means of survival, of encapsulating the pain and living our life revolving around this pain because we don't know how to get out of it, because we don't have hope of a better story. So if we don't allow and surrender our past over to a God who has every capacity to change that story and start to see that story in a new way, we will live the rest of our days circulating around something that's been done to us, pain that was thrust upon us that was not our pain to carry. And I don't want that for us. So today, we're going to deliver ourselves from these old stories. We are going to walk into something new. I'm going to encourage you to cross the Jordan into the places that you thought were impossible and give that over to God to create a new story for you. Because here's the reality. God does not want you stuck in the past. In fact, there are far greater things ahead than we left behind. Like don't mistaken that for a pain-free life or our life without suffering, but I believe that if we shift and surrender our minds, that pain and suffering loses its power over us. Because while I know the pain of the past never leaves, what has been done has been done. What's been done has been done. That story has been written, but your future doesn't have to look like your past. And instead of allowing life to run you, what if you started to use those things to amplify the power of the cross? What if you use that past story for the good and the glory of Christ, allowing you to live in the glory of this life? And I think that's God's design more than anything. And it's why I'm here fighting to change the narrative because there is a promised land here on earth. And that is living your God-given call to the glory of God and experiencing the daily glory of Him. I have this really great um, sermon that I listened to about the glory of God. It's actually from a pastor of the church that we attend. And I'm gonna link it up into the show notes because if you don't understand God's glory, this is gonna be a little bit harder to do or the glory of what he created for you here on earth. So go and check that out. But in order to live in that glory, we have to stop letting the past story define us and let God use that. I had this like aha moment uh, not that long ago that like what I'm unwilling to let God use, I give the devil room to use against me. And it's that negative feedback loop that keeps us stuck in the places that we hate. The devil loves that space. He loves to keep us stuck repeating those cycles. And honestly, I don't want to give the devil more credit than he deserves. This is just survival of the body, right? It's protecting ourselves from the pain that we cannot understand or the pain that we haven't freed ourselves from. And so we just continuously cycle around these pains over and over and over, living in the space where we want to change, we desire to change, we might even attempt that change, but then we circle back into those old beliefs that make us stay stuck in the pain of the past. And today we're going to break that. We're going to stop living in the wilderness and we're going to move into the promised land, which is only steps away. The problem is, is we have to face the Jordan. We have to face your problems in order to stop being controlled by them. You have to realize the depravity and the sin of your life to get yourself unstuck from it. 
And it's scary. It's not easy. Like, we're going to dive into the story of the Israelites moving from the wilderness into the promised land, and they were straight up terrified. It is a scary place to stand on the banks of the wilderness and the place that you've been living for 40 years and wonder how you're going to get across. Wonder how you're going to get through that problem. Wonder how you're going to let it go to get to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But today I want to share their story because God wrote that story to help change your story. And God truly is the author of our story. I mean, as Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 states, Therefore, since we have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at, her, at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And in verse 12, it says, Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight the path for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. And that is what God wants. You do not have to be the author of the story. You do not have to figure out how this is going to end because there is one who is so much better and desires so much more for your life that has it all figured out. We just have to cross the Jordan. So let's change the story. Now, here's the deal. We all have a story. Like we all have a past. And in this fallen world, that means we all have pains and traumas that we circulate our life around. Again, we, we just talked about this, about the psychology and the biology, the way that your body encapsulates that pain. Pain that leaves you trying to escape and avoid. I think this is why we turn to worldly things, like things promising a better life. Because in some ways, we hate the life that we have, and we, even when we can't voice it, we're looking for the escape to live a life that we desire. We desire the glories of God, but we have to take the right path. We have to cross the Jordan. We have to stop the feedback loops that have kept us stuck. And one story that God wrote in the Bible that shows us so well is the Israelites in the wilderness. You might have heard the story a million times, but today I want to present it in a way that shows Jesus as the author of our story and how changing that story, the outlook, can change the experience that is your life. So if you've read the story of the Israelites in the wilderness, maybe you can relate. But the quick backstory is the Israelites were held in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years. Like they were literally in the hands of their oppressors. They were being victimized. But God heard their cries and their pains and their pleads for escape. And he created an escape for them by delivering them from the hand of Pharaoh through their leader, Moses. And through a series of miraculous events, God led them through the Red Sea on dry ground where the sea would eventually engulf their enemies, welcoming them into the wilderness. God delivered them from slavery. He gave them the faith enough to be saved, and he delivered them into the wilderness. Now, I'm going to stop the story there because I think this is a place we so often get stuck in our story. We have faith enough to get saved, but we don't have the faith enough to step into the goodness of the glory of God to live out the purpose He created for us. We get saved from the oppressors, from the people who are hurting us and traumatizing us, only to move into the wilderness where we stall out. Like we're free of the slavery from the pain of other people, only to enter a wilderness making us slaves to our own minds, keeping us stuck in the place we hate while wanting to turn back to the place we left. And we see this for the Israelites. So just a year after they entered into the wilderness, which is the middle ground between the past and the promise, a place we must all walk and travel through, we see the Israelites get stuck inside their own minds. Now, let me remind you, this journey took 40 years, but it should have only taken 11 days. Unfortunately, God had to do a lot of work in the Israelites to change the story of their past to allow them to move into their promise. And this is a place we're stuck, right? This is a place that we have to work through. This is the place where the Israelites are living the negative feedback loops of their past rather than seeing the glory of their future. And we see this coming out in Numbers 13. So it's been just over a year since they camped out in the wilderness, eating manna from heaven. Yes, God is providing all that they need. He is providing their provisions, and yet they still can't see through the pain of their past. So Moses, their leader, sends out 12 men to scout out the land of Canaan, the promised land God was giving the Israelites. 
So these men go out and they taste and they experience and they see the goodness of the land. They also see some things that trigger their past pains, that rub against these these traumas from their past. Now, this is interesting because a lot of us see ourselves here, right? Like we see the goodness, we see the glory, we taste and we eat of the glories of God. And yet, of all the things, of all the goodness, when we're stuck in these negative feedback loops, it's interesting that of all the good things that are happening around us, we see the negative, right? Like of all of the good promises that these spies or these people, these 12 men were able to experience in the promise of God, of all of these things they experienced, of all of the positive situations they found themselves in, the one negative thing is the thing that stuck with them. This is like the law of attraction, right? And the law of attraction really is just based on feedback loops. If you're living in these negative feedback loops, if you're stuck in the stories of your past and the pains of, your, of, of where you've been, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to see the promises and the goodness of where you are. Again, those negative feedback loops make it more difficult for you to experience positivity because the, the, the biology that's happening inside your body is negative. If we want to experience the goodness and we want to see more good things, we have to start to move ourselves into these positive feedback loops. We have to create the story. So as the story goes for these 12 men who are out scouting out the promised land, they come back, but because they hadn't freed themselves of those things, they came back to see the things that they feared. Like God had promised them so many great things. He promised them abundance and rest as Deuteronomy 11.9 explains their promised land as this. And so you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land you are entering to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated by hand, as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are entering to possess is a land of mountains and valleys, watered by rain from the sky. It is the land the Lord your God cares for. He is always watching over it from the beginning to the end of the year." So God has painted already in the Israelites this beautiful image of what the promised land is. But because of their negative feedback loops, because they hadn't dealt with the pain of their past, they got stuck there. They couldn't envision anything but the fear of what they are about to encounter. So as they come home and the 12 repeat their story of the past, only one of them recounts a positive experience. The other 12, and I quote from Numbers 13, 26, the men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Kadesh. They brought back a report from them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here are some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, and living in the land of the Negev. Like basically, they're recounting to the people how scary and big and powerful these people are, and they're worried they're entering into another land of slavery. However, Caleb, the one who saw something positive, quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. And so out of that story, they they literally saw the goodness of God, but they went back to the past pains that they had been through. And so they got stuck. Like they literally got themselves stuck in the wilderness for more than 40 years because they played small. They questioned everything. They kept themselves in a box and put God in it in there with them, letting their past dictate their future. The Israelites had a story written in their DNA of slavery, a story that God tried to deliver them out of already by taking them out of slavery and promising them a better future. But they got stuck in the story. They refused to let God author a new story in them. And I think that's where a lot of us have too. Like we have become a slave to food, to beauty, to the scale, to our anxiety, to our depression. We live our life looking for a fix, a way around or out of our problems, When the answer is seen, Jesus is writing a story through those problems, using those problems for a better future. 
And I know it's our tendency, right? It's the sinful nature to pull and gravitate us towards our past, to continuously remind us of where, we, where we've been, to prevent the pain of what our future could be. But I also see us wanting a new story. But the only way to that new story is stop refusing to believe in a new story. But I also see us wanting in a new life. We so desperately want something new, but we have to stop b- refusing to believe a new story, one that could walk you through the pain, to walk you through the crazy Jordan that you're fearing and get you into the promised land. We can't keep expecting something new by doing the same thing you've always done. And so we stay stuck in the wilderness. Like we're no longer traumatized by the enemy, by the one who traumatized us. But we move into the wilderness. We have faith enough to be saved from those oppressors. But now we become oppressed by our own mind. And so we feed those old stories and old patterns, yet live frustrated that nothing changes. Like we become complacent believing the old stories that lead us to side with them rather than side with a future hope, a hope of a promised land the one we all have access to, if we could change the story. And that's like, welcome to my story, right? Like, it's a trap that I still fall into. Like, I still want to go back and repeat the pains in my past. I still want to go back and repeat the stories other people told me about me. I still want to go back and call myself what other people called me, which is nothing close to what God called me. And the way out, the only way out, is when I started to see that God called me something else. God called me good. He called me enough. He called me to live in His purpose and to bring glory to His name. And it's the acceptance of that new story that is repeated over and over and over that helps liberate us from the stuck point and move us forward. It's a place I had to get to in therapy and a place I fear so many of us live in, circulating, stuck in the problems, trying to sort through them and find out who victimized you, recounting all the ways you were hurt, living in the bitterness, meanwhile, wishing for something more. And of course, I think there is something to naming those things, if it can be done, but we can't settle on the fact that any of that helps, at least not long-term, without a greater and bigger hope, without a savior and an author to rewrite a story that can be lived here on earth in eternal perspective, but with present living approach. And I think that's what we're called to do. And that's what I hope we can get out of this story, that God never intended for us to stay stuck in the wilderness. Yes, the wilderness serves a purpose. It is for our good and our growth, a middle place we all have to walk through between the past and the promise. But this middle ground is not our home. It's the process and one that we have to invite God into. And if we look at the story of the Israelites and even our own story, I wonder how easy it is to invite God into the pain. Like the Israelites begged for him to show himself while they were in the pain of Egypt. They pleaded for him to come and rescue them. But after they were delivered and walking in the process of the wilderness, they spent way more time complaining than inviting God into that. And I do the same thing, right? I plead God to get me out of the pain. I beg him to deliver me from that. But when he does, when he puts me in the process of healing from that pain, I just find myself complaining. And so I wonder how much quicker would the journey have been if they had spent less time complaining where they were and they spent more time asking God to guide them through the process. The process that God wants every part of a process that we see the Israelites continue for an additional 39 years, making it 40 years in total before commissioning a new leader who would guide them into the promised land. As the story continues, after they've wandered in the wilderness as they've disobeyed God and they've complained to God, like the story continues as Joshua's commissioned by Moses at the end of Deuteronomy. And Joshua's story really begins in Joshua, where we see Joshua obey the commands of God to walk the Israelites through the Jordan and into the promised land. Like eventually they started to figure out that God is in this and he's creating a better story. And so Joshua hears the vision from God and then prepares his people. And Joshua 1 kicks off that story. I'll read a little bit of it, but you should go back and read Joshua 1 through 3 after this is over and like really dive into it. But after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. 
I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and the west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. So that is a command that God gives Joshua as he commissions him to go out and to move his people into the land he promised them, a land that the people did not deserve because they kept getting stuck in their past stories, but a land God promised to deliver them into. And so we have to go back to God's character. This is truly not because the Israelites changed their story, but because of the goodness and 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 the covenant that God made with his people, that he made with us, that regardless of anything that we have done, that God chose us as his people and he will fulfill all of the promises he told us he would. Because God is good and we're not, God still delivered them into the promised land. And so after Joshua hears this, he goes out to prepare his people. So he asks his people to prepare themselves for the journey. He asks them to follow the movements of God and to consecrate themselves. Consecrate like really just means to prepare, to dedicate, to be holy and set apart. It's like putting yourself in a place to see God like a spiritual alertness, like to see how God is moving and set yourself apart from sin. So the people do this, and I can imagine, like, when it's time to move into the promised land, they've got to be, like, pretty excited. Like, I think about it as, like, telling a kid they're going to Disney World, right? Like, the sheer excitement that it's time. So the people take, like, a relatively easy and joy-filled walk to the Jordan. Unfortunately, when they get there, they're mood-shifted. As I can imagine a child entering Disney World and finding out, like, they can't enter. It's closed, right? Like, it's, it's not going to happen. And so it was time for them to cross into the promised land. And it was supposed to be the best days of their life, but they were met with the flood of the Jordan River. And I think this is really fascinating because this is a place, again, where we're in the wilderness, we're moving, we're so close there. But that one last big overarching pain is the very thing that's preventing us from crossing into the promised land. That one big Jordan-sized problem that we continuously cycle our life around is the very thing that is preventing you from entering into that promised land. And so they come to the Jordan and they see that it's flooded. Now, I did some research because I feel like that can seem really insignificant, but I wanna take the magnitude to the problem that they were facing, like the impossibility of the situation that was at hand and probably what feels like for you in creating a new story, the impossibility of moving through the past pains that have really held you back. So the Jordan is flooded. That's the river they're supposed to cross and live some of the best days of their life. But it was uncrossable. Like, remember, they were traveling with tens of thousands of people, all of their livestock and belongings. Like, it was a big deal when they arrived in verse 15 that the Jordan's banks were overflowing. Like I said, I did some research and it showed that in a flood, the Jordan River currents can reach up to 40 miles per hour. And in the process of the flood, the banks were packed with tangled brush and dense growth. Like some commentaries have viewed the word jungle on the edge of the Jordan, impassable. And in Jeremiah 12, 5, we even see that Jeremiah mentions the thicket of the Jordan. Like basically it was an impossible situation to get all of their people, all of their infants, all of um, their belongings across this flooded Jordan. So instead of crossing, they spent the next three nights next to the Jordan, I'm sure questioning everything. Like the longer we sit in these pains, the longer we see our problem. And I think this is a place a lot of us go. Like we realize we have a problem. We realize that we're stuck on the other side of our promise. We see this big thing that's in our way and we get close to it and we realize the impossibility of ever moving through that on our own. And so we sit there and in the promise of sitting there on the edge of uh, of of your past and your promise, I think we allow doubt to come in. Like we allow the devil a free reign at holding us back. 
we allow insecurity to be birthed and, and we stop ourselves and we question everything and we start to talk badly and, and we start to really long for where we've been, right? Like we start to believe that where we've come from is better than the situation at hand and we might as well turn back. We can see this this narrative over and over and over in the story of the wilderness with the Israelites. First, it was scouting out the land and seeing that there was people who were bigger and more powerful than them, and they might as well go back to Egypt, to the place of slavery, the place that they begged so long for God to deliver them out of. And now we get here on the edge of the Jordan, the last thing that separates them from the promise, and we see them again turn back and want to go back to their old ways, to believe the lie of the impossibility of the nature. Like we read about this abundant life, but we can't make it out of the wilderness because we're standing on the edge of the Jordan that's blocked with all kinds of barriers and a flooded river with no hope. So we stayed stalled. But God, but God. But God, He does not leave us there, and He doesn't let the waters that threaten to pull you under be the end of your story. In fact, it's those hard places and scary moments, the ones you feared could become the greatest of all stories, one of deliverance from the thing that tried to take you out, building confidence and strengths that no thing No past or present thing has the power to take out of you because your story is no longer about being traumatized and victimized, but it's a story of God's goodness and His power that can do miraculous things that are abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine. And I think that's why God wants us to go through the Jordan to the promised land and through the wilderness rather than just delivering us from it. Like how I wished He would have delivered me from a lot of things in my life. How I wish he would have taken the pain and the things that hurt me. But yet if I lean into this and I believe those lies, I miss how those things I thought would take me out are the very things that have empowered me to step out in boldness and confidence. I miss that the things that I thought were going to be the end of me became the beginning of a better story I could have never written on my own. Of course, the temporary campaign could have been lifted, like the momentary things that hurt me, but in the long run, internally, they would have just made me weaker, not stronger. And God designed us to be strong so that we could fully live in His glory. It is the message of the story of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Stand up, right? Like that is what He tells us over and over. Be bold, be strong, be courageous. We were made to do hard things not just survive them, but thrive out of them. But in order to thrive in the midst of hard things, God has to be at the center of them. And that is what God wants from this story. That's why he wants to be the author. So you don't have to let the pain of the past be the thing that keeps you stuck, that writes your ending before your days are ever even close to being done. But that God has something so much more for you right here but you have to change your story. You have to be willing to go through the pains of your past to look them straight in the face and see God did not design that to harm you, but to use that to strengthen you, to empower you and to build boldness inside of you to write a better story that you can step into your God-given design and live in boldness and strength to go out and live that. We can't let ourselves walk aimlessly in another day in the middle of the wilderness when your promise is right on the other side of the Jordan. But you have to believe that the one who called you into the salvation is the one who also called you to step into the promise of his glory right here on this earth. Stop letting the past define you. Stop letting that be your safety and turn to the one who had the power to conquer every stronghold and take out everything that stops you. I mean, when we can see this, like after the Israelites successfully crossed on solid ground where God stopped the flooded Jordan, miles away from where they crossed, which by the way, is such an amazing picture that the thing you thought might take you out, God didn't even let close enough to make you scared of it. He didn't even let it be something you saw, but he took care of it long outside the range of your presence and your perspective. And he walked them through not to leave them, but to conquer the land he had promised them. Like, take that in for a moment. Like, God stopped the waters of the Jordan and let tens of thousands of people cross through on solid ground. And that water didn't just build a wall right next to them, threatening to overtake them. He did it miles outside of where they crossed 
as to not even let it be a threat, not another worry that they had to think about, but just the belief that God had split the river and he was walking them into the promised land. That's what he's trying to do for us. And so I think a few takeaways from this story that I kind of want to end with is that God is writing the story of your life. He has already written that story, and He wants you to accept that story as good. And so here's a few things that I think are helpful from this story as we start to write a new story. One is God was always with them. Like He was showing them the way. He never left them. He never forsook them. I mean, if we go back to the story of the Israelites, and as they moved across the Jordan, there was one thing um, that they had in their power and their possession, and God was pretty specific about it, but it was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, you might look at that again and overlook that like I did for so many years thinking like, okay, what's significant about that? But just to be clear, the Ark of the Covenant was the thing that carried the promises and the provisions of God. It was their reminder that God was with them. Like, I think it had some manna inside of it and and, and it had the, the, the mercy seat above it. And basically the Ark of the Covenant signified God going before them and living around them. It was God leading the way, and it meant God was out in front. Like He would take the first steps into the land, and their task was to follow the lead, to pursue His presence and come after Him. Like if that wasn't there, would they have crossed? Would they have had that power to go in without first God going in and showing them the safety and the security that is in Him and that He is always with us? Like God is always leading us. Even when the situation feels impossible, we must all focus and follow the movements of God that where he leads, we will follow. And it was also fascinating that God is so specific with the distance of the ark because he wanted to make sure everyone was able to see him. Like he didn't want people to crowd around the ark, but he wanted to allow space so that every single Israelite who was about to cross in could see and could be reminded and keep their eyes fixated on the one who promised them the land that they were about to enter so that they could keep their mind fixated on the truth that was going to set them free. And I feel like if they couldn't see it, right, then their, their eyes were able to wander. And I think that's why God is so specific about us keeping our gaze fixated on Him. It's not for His arrogance, right, or to show His power over us, although He has com- complete power over us, but it's also for our goodness to be reminded of of Him to help us to stay focused that He is showing us, that He is with us, that He sees us, that He is moving before us. He is making a way and He is all around us. So we have to remember that. Like we have to know that God is showing us a way and He went before us and He protected us all around them just as He was with us. And also I think this story shows us that He is capable of impossible things. And in the midst of the impossible things, he did not let one soul die in that Jordan River. He will leave the 99 to find you. And I think of all the things that must have crossed the river that day. Like this wasn't 10 people crossing across on dry ground. This was tens of thousands of people. And there is not one recount of death that happened on that cross through the river. Like I can imagine today, like if we were just to go and do that, the the, the trampling that would have occurred. <laughs> I mean... Outside of God, that could have gone horribly wrong. But he didn't let one soul die in the river, and he doesn't want one soul to die in the past pains or to be stopped and stuck in the wilderness. He is there. He is waiting for you. He is wanting to walk this through you. But you have to trust that he will not leave you to drown in the Jordan. He is fighting to deliver you from the pain by making the pain lead you to your needs to find him in the midst of that and to help you walk through that. So I think those are all like really good things to remind yourself of as you start to work on the story. And here's what you need to know. We have to get to know God. We have to know His character to know that He is capable and He is honoring and He is going to fulfill the covenant that He promised to all of us. He is leading us to a promised land. He is not just leading us to eternity, which he is, right? But we have to have that faith enough not to just be saved, but to live in the glory that he has called us to on this earth. And then we have to surround ourselves with him and be filled by him. Like the only way the Israelites crossed into the promised land was because they kept their eyes fixated on the covenant. They kept their eyes fixated on him. 
And when we're going through these stories, it's so easy to get so stuck on the people who hurt us and the situations that hurt us and the places that we thought God didn't show up. And I know this, I've spent a lot of time angry at God and that's okay, he wants our hearts. It's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to question where he was because if we question him, he will surely show us where he was in those moments, that he never left, that he didn't forsake you, that he was there and he is writing a story and using those awful things for good for those who love him. But we gotta surround ourselves with him. We have to fill ourselves with that truth rather than filling ourselves with the stories of bitterness and the stories of pain and keeping our lives and minds fixated on what's been done, keeping us stuck in the wilderness. And instead, start to keep your mind fixated on the story God is writing for you, on a better story. And then we have to stand in the water. Like God didn't recede the waters without them first walking to the edge of it. God asked them, come, stand on the edge of the Jordan, and I will make a way. In verse 15, it says, Now, the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zethron. The water flowing downstream into the Dead Sea was completely cut off, and the people crossed opposite Jericho. I think sometimes we want God to deliver us without us having to follow him, you know? And and I want that too. (laughs) But we have to fully trust and obey God, knowing that in our belief and our faith that God is going to work the miracle. So don't just sit there and expect God to show up, but go, do, walk, do the thing he's called you to. This is the active discipline. This is the action step, right? Like where we have to also take the healthy, positive steps, where we have to fill our mind, where we have to support this change, where we have to do the things and obey God and all the convictions he's calling us to. We have to step into the water, not as an act to do this on our own, but we have to go stand there and then watch, like watch God do the miracle. He's not gonna do it if you just sit around and wait for him. We have to go. We have to do something. We have to take the steps. Not to say that those steps are gonna be the thing that does the miracle, but it's the act of God showing you the miracle. It's the act of God showing up in your obedience. So you have to go step into the water and then stand still and watch him. Like watch him in his glorious wonder do the miracle and live in awe of that and do it again and again and again. We probably won't just experience one Jordan. This Jordan is always there, but it's every day. Are we going to surrender to a new story? Are we going to surrender to the story God is writing for us and step into the promise? You're not supposed to die in the wilderness. God has a promised land just for you. Stop waiting to be delivered from it or escape from it and trust in God's miraculous power to walk you through it on dry ground. He is for you. Will you walk with him? I want to just end this with saying like, sometimes following God means we have to stop following other people. We have to stop looking at social media for the answers. We have to stop reading all the best self-help books to answer our problems. And we have to go back and let God in to do the work. Yes, those things can be beneficial. Don't hear me say they can't. But we have to stop letting that be the end all be all and live our life questioning why nothing seems to work. And we have to go back to what does work 100% of the time. And that is faith and belief and confidence that God has a better ending than we could ever write for ourselves. And we have to start trusting that. And that means we have to start saturating our lives and the truth of God's glory and start to see that and experience that. Like He wants you to live in the glories of His goodness every single day. Yes, with an eternal perspective, knowing that this is not our home, but also with this present living mindset that while we're here, we still have a job to do. While we're here, we still have a story to live. And there's a story God has written for you. Will you step into that? So I hope all of that was encouraging to see that we're not going to change these stories on our own. We can't fix what's broken with something broken. Broken people can't fix broken people. And that is why we have to continuously go back to the author of perfection, to the one who wrote our story and deemed and declared a good over our lives and surrender to that. 
Yes, we can do a lot of things here on earth. We can read the books. We can go to therapy. Those are good things, necessary things for so many people, but we can't get stuck there and leave there frustrated. But we have to go out and realize that we can face the giant of the Jordan. We can face that, not to look for a life that's going to deliver that from us or to live a life avoiding that, but that we can we can walk through that in faithful obedience, knowing there is one who is going before us, who is all around us, and who is writing a better story of strength and courage and boldness through that so that we can go to the other side, to the promised land, and live confidently there in our God-given purpose. So this is the end of our first Jesus Therapy podcast. Wow, what a whirlwind. Again, I'm not a pastor. I am um, a I am just here encouraging a midweek fill. I think that we all have a voice, regardless of how much or how little you know. We all have a voice. We all have a purpose. And our purpose is to go out and to make disciples, to encourage and pick one another up, to give glory to God. And I hope that in these podcasts that you can find your strength, that you can find your boldness, that you can find your confidence, not to escape the pain, but to recognize that the pain was not the thing that held you back, but the thing that can propel you into a better future. And that is what I hope these podcasts do. Now, again, they're not gonna happen every week. Next week, we're gonna be back talking about energy and the immune system. So we're gonna talk about the body, but we cannot transform the body in the way that we want to without transforming our souls. That is the starting point of all change inside the body. And that's why I'm doing these podcasts. So like always, if you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and family, leave a rating and review wherever you listen to this, and also let me know where you're thinking. Of course, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, then this is all going to sound confusing. But here's the deal. He sees you. He doesn't leave you. He will not leave you to die in the wilderness, but you have to go to him. You have to turn to him and surrender to him. So if you're ready to change your story and give your life over, it's a simple prayer. It's Jesus, I'm broken. I can't fix myself, but I know that you can fix me. I have faith in you. I wanna trust in you and I wanna surrender my life to live for you. Will you come into my heart? Say that prayer, surrender your life. And don't just stop there. Don't just stop at faith enough to be saved, but take the steps to change the story, to live in the faith of what you're called to live in, your God-given design. If you said that prayer and you want some more help on this journey, please email us. We have a special gift for those people who are new to their faith, who who need a, a little more encouragement, some more questions that they have answered. If you're really struggling and you're lost and you're feeling broken and helpless, please reach out to us. We are here to help support God writing a new story in your life. We're here to pray for you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to provide the resources that you need to go out and live your God-given design. So please send us a message. You can send me one personally at Alexa at The Living Well, and I will say some prayers for you, and I'll lift you up and encourage you and hold your hand in the process of the hopelessness of the wilderness and help move you into the glory of the presence of God. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here. Love you guys. Next week, we're back with a health podcast right here at Made for Living Well. 